the biggest difference I'm saying is one person carrying all that weight, if they're not diversified well enough or dealing with a tremendous amount of wealth are going to get to the point where they're like, yeah, some of my practices are not profitable, but mm -hmm. it's okay. Cause I don't want to sell them. Right. And at the end of the day, the ability to grow, the ability to compete is going to be your diversification of your ownership, um, which is healthy. I mean, a lot of us have done that and already, and it's helped us, but I think it just comes down to groups of entrepreneurs coming together and saying, Hey, Let's That's actually what Mark said. He said, look, I hope that it becomes part of like, there's even groups doing private DSOs, right? Like the DSIs and Mark's yeah. group potentially, or the bulletproof group. He's right. like that, you know, this, this will be a good thing for the industry. And he's like, you know, I see the rise in that as well. And, uh, I mean, shoot, uh, that's that's cool. And right, you you get better, Dwight, like you're saying, in your own ecosystem by holding hands with potentially other partners. And I think dentistry gets stronger by potentially holding hands with each other versus yeah. a big PE firm, right? That is right. only coming in as an intermediary between investors and dentistry. That's yeah. it. In a hot minute since uh, I think the four of us have been connected on a pod, right? I know there's been three, but I think it's been a hot minute. Dwight, you've been dealing with some uh, operational things, let's just say. Um, you know he's been listening because that, uh, speaking of dead weight comment, really razzled my boy D. Wizzle. Came mm -hmm. back I, listened. That. I will say, <laughs> I listened because I don't need much content, but like one podcast with just the three of you on it. <laughs> and uh, I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, I'm going to just write off of that one. Yeah. Oh, is it, is it roasty time? Is that what you're going to, is that what yeah. you're, oh, and you know, he's coming that's for a vengeance for your boy. Dwight's well, coming for a vengeance. It's roasty time. Craig, I just, <laughs> I think I'm like, record. Craig said it, not me. Craig said it. Oh, so I, I just, just want to make sure you're uh, paying attention, I, Dwight. I it's all video. Never, We're good. We're good. <laughs> I would have never thought that out of one podcast, I could get enough content for a full roast for all. Oh, three. God. Here we go. <laughs> Craig said it. You know, you're not dead weight. I just, just don't want you getting too big for your britches. No, my favorite. My favorite is, is literally this is why Pete wants us all on the pod and why he wanted roast is he wants to see you get upset at me for, for a roast. Like well, that. you got upset at me, bud. No, no. God, you guys grow up. Be, be men. Shut up. All right. <laughs> go ahead dwight are we recording already we are already recording it's been two yes, minutes of useless content so far. yes sorry sorry <laughs> get some value to our listeners. Oh, this is a real deal no intro music no nothing i see how nothing we roll we oh, i'm working on new intro music guys by the way did you get it it's almost ready that's all we go that's all we right go, your show go all right let's go it has been a long time since we've been on together so and by the way a long time since kudos to you guys Craig, wow. shut up. Kudos shut to you guys for the last couple um, uh, podcasts, the ones I was on vacation. You guys crushed it. And I'm so happy to hear Trace finally come into his own and actually speak. You have so much good stuff to say. He always has good stuff to say. I do. I, I, I'm smart. I'm you, smart. Are, <laughs> you are very freaking smart. I like you. <laughs> okay, go his ahead. Mike is still a little low, but it's, it's coming back. It's well, coming to it is nice to get everybody back. And more importantly, it's nice to maybe do a little intro and a little roasting. So I, as I said, all of you gave me plenty of content from the last one. So we'll get started on the first one right here. So 
the survivalist hobbyist who's trying to make Florida more like Texas, whose political perspective is a merger between Trump and DeSantis. All guests to the bot to the pod beware. He's our interrupter extraordinaire. <laughs> Even as we try to discuss all of dentistry's tips and tricks, expect him to come back and bring it all back to Florida politics. Inflation was not transitory, but a solution will be some allegory that tells any of you who have been profitable to give up now and make your profit, uh, your practice forfeitable. Either pay for culture or become prey to DSO vultures. Feeling our feelings are his statistics, and Ivy League data is just a bunch of mystics. He tells us how we're overspending in the Ukraine war, so we are all aware. But tell Craig he's overspending on his people and he'll turn into the cocaine bear. <laughs> he's our trailblazer, practice vision appraiser, and enough of a spokesperson to have a Republican Party retainer. Please welcome Craig Spodak to the pod. Thank you. Just for the record, though, I am not a <laughs> not Trump positive. supporter. You, you can't, can't correct the entrance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I can. can. I mean, I, I, I feel like there needs to be a rebuttal. I'll write no, you there's email. no rebuttal to rebuttal. I'm, I'm writing an email. <laughs> Who, who's He's filing a here? complaint? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm filing a complaint. There's a box. It's on your desk. It's over to the right. Just drop it right in there. Just drop it in there. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah, cool, right. And of course, the one and only, the chickens may always come home to roost. As we know, his tortilla addiction will never be reduced. He <laughs> identifies as fat and happy. And regardless of what is going on in the world this Texas boy is always chappy because he's always has his comfort of his Texas sayings. His desires for details is explained as good enough for government work. And he can't always say what he's thinking. So he sits back with the smirk. His analysis of the competition is that they are all hat and no cattle, or would that be all horse with no saddle as the bet as the besties are busy making podcasts are never on low supply. This practice builder is focused to be as busy as a Texas funeral home fan in July, as quiet as he is, you might think he is, he's got his head in the sand, but his practice model is so resilient. He doesn't even care if the economy will ever land. He's our logic speaker, positive thinker, rainmaker with the calming demeanor. Please welcome Trey Tippett. All right. I'm following a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Can you write one for me too? I'll write both. I'll write both. Yeah, just, hey, man, yeah. it was all your Texas sayings. I had to throw them in there, man. Come on. Fat and happy? <laughs> you said it. You, you, you said did it. say that. Are drinking a beer no, right no. now? Pick up that can. What no, is that? Like, oh, I, oh, come on. I think you're like Come chugging on, a beer back I'm, there. I'm telling you, 100% of this stuff is from this one pod, which you think <laughs> And, of course, last but not least, the first part of the pod. This intro is brought to you by Reynolds Wrap, the top quality foil maker for all you tinfoil hat creators who believe <laughs> our apocalyptic instigator. His relentless Bitcoin backing means he's doubling down on the economy cracking. Hang out too long with him and you'll think he's a blowhard until you find yourself hiding money in your backyard. Who knows if he's right? He'll either become the Bitcoin sheik of dentistry or begging Craig to move into his Florida barn dominium on bended knee. This buyer of Bitcoin and bullets is ready to hodl, even if his data is anecdotal. <laughs> He's our enterpriser who's betting on everyone else losing just so he can buy a crypto yacht for cruising. If you're not anxious yet, let's give him some airtime for his predictions bet. His cryptic crypto mindset will tell you to be your own bank, but you will leave every conversation wondering if this is just a prank. He's our enterpriser, anxiety rising, tinfoil hat advertising, bulletproof host with the most 
Peter Bolden. I like As it. he has a Bitcoin hat on right now. Yeah, crypto. I like it. I like it. You know, it's funny. I'm going to call Peter out one a little bit. Oh, you know, please. I love you, Peter. I'm going to call let's, you out. Let's all, let's all oh, do that'll that. That'll be the first time, I'm sure. So um, about a year ago, Peter's like, can I borrow blank dollars of money? I'm like, bro, 100%. You know, just tell me what you need. I want this. I'm like, yeah, done. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to put it in the stable coin. I'm going to make a, remember you telling me like, I'm going to, Oh yeah. Kind of a, it was kind I'm of like, a well, joke hypothetical. I was like, let me get, let me get like a million bucks and like, I'll just and, put uh, it in the stable coin. And I'm like, well, is there any downside? He's like, absolutely no, zero, like zero. impossible. It's pegged to whatever, hey, whatever. I'm like, Peter, Craig, I'm going to tap my Luna, my, my anchor and Luna, Luna protocol and all that Terra farm is my wounds are just healing and you just ripped it. Well, I'm sorry, bro. Come on. Come that was on. a significant oh, amount of money what? that I lost, and you're just you no. Know, it was not. salt in it right now. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, dude? I lost like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean that's that's one month. I mean, it's yet, maybe bro. not significant to you, but it would have been uh, that's, that's a lot more had he said that's yes. four days of Trey Tippett's uh, crown and crown and filling operation. All right. <laughs> let's let's one get time. into it. One time. Let's get into it. Please, please, please. All right. How, how do we how do we transition from that shit show? Golly, it's just tough. I don't it's know. Let's just put end. Let's not even rate. Let's, you want to not do this one? Like, let's just like Sorry. throw it away. Hey, if you <laughs> think this has been valuable thus far, drop a comment. <laughs> yeah, comment. Know, just, comment. Just for now. Don't forget just, to subscribe. Yeah, smash the subscribe button. Okay, let's get into it. <laughs> so we just got we just got off the pod with Mark Costas. We did one, um, and we had a good, really good conversation. And, and, you know, we were kind of comparing notes as to kind of, you know, as, as he coaches and, and Bulletproof has coaching and the outlook on the economy and what he's saying, it was, there were some eye-opening things that were, that we were talking about. And actually that's how we kind of spoke about, I say, I said, Craig and I are kind of on the kick that you probably shouldn't sell your practice right now. A, because interest rates are too high. B, because you probably don't know what your next looks like. And then Mark proceeded to tell us like he had just pretty much gotten out of ownership of dentistry. <laughs> but in that, though, he, it was the context always matters, meaning he had he had a lot going on in terms of his next steps. Um, so, Craig, did he, what was your takeaways? from? Yes. Yeah, so he, he basically said, like, look, I've hit my money mark and it, we basically what he said is that like he's got many other businesses he's running and it's just not a great use of his time to, to manage his practice practices and admittedly marcus said over time over the years to us you know that his his practices have not always been the best use of his time so so i think it's a, a moment of clarity for him but what what really struck me is two things number one he's starting a an amazing non-for-profit uh where he provides dental care he actually called it jungle dental care he's gonna have like places in dr no that's not what the name of it is called no i know i know he it, it's called I, I forgot the name but he's like saying like it's basically going to third world countries to deliver care and, and set up permanent permanent outpost dwight essentially right in these locations which it was really cool so right. peter and i said hey we're all in on that mm -hmm. um the other thing that was a good takeaway which i wanted to just start with, with your dialogue is he has from a variety of attorneys and PE and different bankers, a really good <clears throat> feeling about this number that he heard. And he said that in the next seven or eight years, the consolidation will go up to about 65 to 80%. So let's call it like 70 some odd percent. So in eight years, it'll be at 72 well, no, or it's 30% now. Right. right and, and in so eight years it'll go to 70 80 percent right so that's exactly what i just said 150 percent increase 
Yeah. Right. You know, what part? <clears throat> you said no. What part was incorrect? And anyway, so it's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna. The consolidation. He says, "Listen, it's he. He really feels strongly about that." So before we go, and I asked him, and then I asked him, "What is that a fear based? You feel like that's a the consolidation acceleration is again? Is it a fear based thing, or is it a oh my gosh, look at all this money?" And he said, "It's half and half." I I think, and I said, "Okay." He said a mix of both. So I'd love yeah. to hear. First of all, Dwight Trey, do you do you? I, I know we've been saying for uh, I've been saying or hearing for two decades now, the era of the independent dentist is closing and consolidation is speeding up but like you know everything happens slowly until it's sudden is it speeding up and do you believe that it will be that set mid 70 percentage in eight years like literally increasing like by 20 percent per year or 25 percent per year do you guys think that no go ahead that's excessive uh, i mean a yeah that's a market is not 80 percent that's yeah that, I mean, you might as well go to 100 at that point tom well, he's basically saying the outliers at that point, uh, um, Trey, will just, they will sell, they don't care. They'll just basically say, I'm not selling for anything like damn, you know, damn the consequences. I don't, I don't I'm not selling. And so. But, so that if, when all this, you know, when all this started and we started hearing from everybody and you had the, the fear that was placed by those, by those buying always came at you with, hey, there's a window and this closes, don't miss your chance. So yeah. you have a big motivator from a seller. The musical chairs thing, sure. right? Yeah. Like, and, oh, there's not gonna be a chair left for you if you don't do it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you lost your you lost your whole opportunity. And the problem with that is it, it implies that everyone's gonna work, and this is what it was always said, it, we're all gonna work for you know one of 10, 20 companies, and that's gonna be it. And it, as much as the industry and consolidation has taken place in a lot of different places, dentistry, dentistry still has a relationship component, much more so than what you've seen in the past, even in, even in healthcare. So I think you still have that as a, as a, uh, a fail safe to keep people going in the direction of, of independent practice. Here's why Trey, I don't want to, I don't want to stop you there, but here's why there's so many people beating the drum of what you just talked about that fear drum, like better, better move now, better do it now. The money's there. Good. You know, look at this multiple. And so like, I feel like we, we, with that last pod, we adopted kind of the contrarian view because I think it's healthy to have balance in people's audit of, of what they want to do is like pre present all these reasons. Okay. We hear your fear mongering. We hear the opportunity. We hear the FOMO, but also like, let's explain the reasons why you should never, right. From a context standpoint, you should never sell your practice, right? Like Trey, you, you've been saying, I'm never selling. I don't give a shit. I'm never doing it because look at all these benefits that I've gotten to enjoy because of it. And so I like having this in the industry. I like having a big contrarian view of saying like, don't do it unless you have a situation like Mark where he's saying like, Hey, I had six other businesses that I needed to jump into and in dentistry. I checked the box with general ownership and I wanted to go make impact in all these other areas. And I was like, dude, that's a completely different story than 99% of the people who are selling. So like you are the unicorn in this story. Most people, you know, are, don't have that. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I'm going with that other than I like us banging the drum of don't sell your practice, optimize well, the direction. It feels like we're the only ones. You know what I mean? Like it's such a I, that's what I'm saying. narrative it's right now. And it's not irresponsible because I feel like things can always be 
fixed, meaning going back to that freedom of direction, you can always optimize your practice for whatever you're seeking in the life. If you want to do impact, optimize your practice for that. If you want more time, make less money and optimize for that or become more efficient. If you want to scale and grow, grow your net worth, optimize for that. But, but without that vehicle of your practice or the vehicle of dentistry and you become, you, you're going to be limited. That's, but that's one, one I thing I want to, one thing I want to add, Peter, and and, and I'll, I want to hear obviously from from Dwight and Trey on this too, is that you're, we're speaking to a broad audience. There's there's a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are their businesses are failing. They're not. It's not working for them, and all they have is the the implant course and the 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 belief is that I got to get better clinically. We spoke to we spoke to Costas about this as well. There's very few good business trainings that are out there and we speak from the luxury of not only teaching but benefiting from our mastermind look at how much value we've all gotten from what we do so there's no when you help somebody you get helped in return so so i could speak that seven or eight years ago i hated my business and a five multiple might have made it got me to ring the bell Trey, I know in the past you've not liked your business. Dwight, you, you know, we've got we've gone through these rough patches and we sought out and got educated. So we're speaking to people that don't recognize that what you may need the most of is to sign up for like a Costas or a Bulletproof or whatever the flavor of business training is, because it's not to take the weekend implant course. That's not going to fix your or business. get an environment, right? Like the you mastermind. said. In the, in the DSI, right? Go, maybe going to that conference and sitting down with someone and, and being exposed to someone at lunch who may course correct, right? So may say, oh my gosh, I was in your spot. Right. So many of these problems I feel like in dentistry get, get propagated because we live in the bubble. We live in a silo by ourselves and we make decisions by ourselves and we're not, we don't have someone that we can trust as a dental counterpart to say, hey, what should I do? Like, Greg, you and I have used each other for the past 10 years or yeah, almost 10 years now of like, what do you think about this? Right? right. And I know that your advice is coming from a very Peter benefited way, right? You're only wanting me to win in the advice you're giving and vice versa. And, and in dentistry, we live in these lonely silos and we think like, all right, well, I don't really know what to do. Like I'll just pull the effort card. Yeah. The that's the only choice you like it so bad. And then, and then you listen to these narratives that are on Facebook, Dwight, you and I are part of these groups. And it's like this guy, like, is like, one guy in particular, like a freaking slow moving train wreck, yeah. you know, F FML, oh, these hygienists don't give a crap. And then you're like, yeah, me too. I totally know. I had a hygienist not show and they won $80 per hour. And, and it's like, you go down this rabbit hole of like desperation. And it's like, yeah, I've got to pull the, the freaking cord. I got to ring the bell. And then not to mention, we've got predatory consultants out there like legit predatory consultants. I mean, I haven't talked about it in a while, but something came up on my Facebook feed. There's a consultancy out there that will help you with your dental practice. But what they really do with the real business they're really in is they sell you shitty financial products. How abhorrent. So they'll help you with your practice. And oh, by the way, we have this sister company that's kind of owned by like my son Legit, like it's owned by his son. That's a financial services company, and I'm using air quotes. And it, all it does is sell you whole life insurance, which is the most highly commissioned, shittiest freaking product, bar none, that none of us have. But I had it, and I spent a decade funneling that crap. So, like, not only are we lost, but we have predators out there. There's sharks in the water. Yeah, I've seen an increase on Instagram too of just people I've never even. I mean, look, yeah, I've never they, seen them I don't before. Know everybody yeah. in dentistry, I'm just saying. But I see these. Haven't people you guys seen that? 
number one closer in dentistry. I'm like, what? How does someone a crown themselves that? And like, b who? I've never heard and of this. How person. do how do none of us know who he is? And then like, right. if you look, he's been in real estate for the last ten years. And like, okay, dentists are dumbasses, and they have money. Let's go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly right. I think yeah. That's why, how do you how do you pick an accounting firm? No. Stay away. First one, stay away from anybody that only does dentists and not just accounting and anything. As soon as yeah. they say, I only do dentists and you ask them why and they go, I just love dentists. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Everybody, everybody loves love those guys. That's everything though. That's, Ancillary that's services really. in this industry is, is, is a huge market. And that, you know, I think sadly that a lot is predicated on dumb doctor deals. So just to give my response. So first of all, it seems like there's two main questions. First off is, will consolidation get to 80% uh, or 70%, whatever it is? And then the second question is, is this sell or not sell, which, you know, we did the whole podcast on. And I, from the very, very beginning, stated and said, consolidation will go to 80%. I am adamant. I believe it's going to happen. I have no reason to think the otherwise. Timeline, yeah, the timeline. And the timeline of eight years, I thought was actually a little slow. So wow. that's, I'm on the other side of that. I'm going to be honest with you. And the reason is because I feel, and this is not just polarizing. I just, the more we spend time with dentists and practices, either coaching or by just getting random phone calls and be like, Hey, this isn't working. That's not working. Um, and even doing, doing some of the stuff that I get to do, the culture indexing stuff and stuff like that. Um, 20 to 30% of our industry, and I actually think it's closer to 20 are made up of actual entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and the rest are a bunch of craftsmen that fall in line with academia and end up kind of getting enough consulting to keep their business going and profitable. Um, and then there's a big portion of that group that also struggles to financially focus on how much they need to spend personally and not elevate themselves to the point that their business is choking them because they can't keep scaling just production, right? To run a good business, we get the luxury of being profitable. We can keep producing, but at some point in time, you can outrun that uh, with your personal life. And that's incredibly common. Mm -hmm. On the back end of that, the struggle that I see is, is that now it gets tighter and tighter because of insurance. It gets tighter and tighter because of the cost of services, um, overhead, these types of things that keep going down that road. And DSOs and others are consolidating in the market. It's exactly what happened in medicine. I'm not surprised by it. I think there's going to be niches. And I think that's where a lot of people are going to enjoy themselves. But the remaining 20% are going to be the entrepreneurs that like part of my conversation I had with Trey last night, like I love dentistry, but I love every vertical that has to do with business. It's kind of like the Costas conversation. Clearly he got to a point where, where is my best allocation of time? And some of it may be like Trey, I believe he may never, ever sell his practices, but that's only because he then is going to own other components and be a true serial entrepreneur in other areas and be completely diversified. And now he's just overseeing a portfolio. And I think that that's where that 20% is going to lie. And that's where a lot of healthcare lies today, to be honest with you. It's a very, um, point, Dwight. It's a very fair point. So, yeah. And, and look, I don't think it ever, I think, I think 80% becomes the ultimate plateau if that's what it is, meaning it doesn't then go to 90 95 and then uh, you know i think ultimately yeah, it, it resides at that plateau yeah. level and, and Dwight, i don't disagree with you on this and and my and my my battle cry is not to prevent that i just want to make sure that i'm crystal clear on that it's not that i'm anti-consolidation 
Um, I just want people to make not these big drastic draconian moves and make what's in the best evaluate all the options yeah, and, and look, exhaust, long, way home, right, exhaust right. everything too yeah exhaust. well this is the other thing that i think a lot will not understand and if you just kind of again we're we're reading out of the same book that healthcare ran, read through i mean medicine did the same thing and what happens is, is those entrepreneurs who try to keep up with consolidation and compete but don't diversify their portfolios and have multiple ways of revenue and a lot of protection for themselves, willing to make, you know, heavy risks on practice acquisition, development, things like that. Those entrepreneurial groups who then don't diversify their guarantees, meaning having partners. Because mm -hmm. yep. I do believe that in order to maintain growth that is going to be competitive at the DSO level, you're going to have to diversify your guarantors and your strength to be able you to. Mean, you mean this, the days, well, let me make sure I'm understanding this. You're saying the days of the soloist are going to become more and more rare. Correct. I believe that that 20% is where the group practices yep. are going to enjoy. And I'm not saying that that means I, the biggest difference I'm saying is one person carrying all that weight. If they're not diversified well enough or dealing with a tremendous amount of wealth, are going to get to the point where they're like, yeah, some of my practices are not profitable, but mm -hmm. it's okay because I don't want to sell them, right? And at the end of the day, the ability to grow, the ability to compete is going to be your diversification of your ownership, um, which is healthy. I mean, a lot of us have done that and already, and it's helped us. But I think it just comes down to groups of entrepreneurs coming together and saying, hey, I, that's actually what Mark said. He said, look, I hope that it becomes part of like, there's even groups doing private dso's right like the dsis and mark's exactly. group potentially or the bulletproof group he's right. like that you know this this will be a good thing for the industry and he's like you know i see the rise in that as well and uh i mean shoot uh, that's that's cool and right you you get better dwight like you're saying in your own ecosystem by holding hands with potentially other partners but i think dentistry gets stronger by potentially holding hands with each other versus yeah. a big pe firm right that is right. only coming in as an intermediary between investors and dentistry that's yeah. it. Yeah. And that, that investor relationship is a timeline pressure. So it's not that PE is so good or bad for dentistry. It's the investor pressure. So PE needs to make a return, an immediate return. So the decisions that the four of us make for our practices may not, maybe three and four and five year decisions. Like we'll, we'll spend the money or train the people because we're thinking of owning our practices for three, four, five and beyond. A PE company cannot have the luxury of doing that. The investor needs a return quarter by quarter. So if you, if the four of us ran our businesses to produce profit for the immediate, it's just a different pressure. A friendship is not about like what happens next week. So yeah. it's the alignment of the investors to the PE company that causes the friction of what I think is bad. I'm going to give, I'm going to give you guys an example, which you guys are going to be like, duh. I get this, but but maybe everyone might not see it this way because we Mark was saying that he has people coming to him saying, hey, I'm getting a 10, right? I'm getting a 10 times earnings. So I would encourage people, if you're doing that, all you have to do to get a 10 is keep your practice five more years and then you can sell for a five if you want <laughs> Or right? keep it for 10 more years and throw or it keep away. It for 10 more years and walk away, right? We <laughs> yeah. get so, you laugh at the example, right? But like, and, and chances are, it's probably not going down. It's going yeah. up. Right. I'm I not wanna, saying it's let a me game just, of holding on as long as you can, but like, let me is, interrupt for one second. Math. Let me interrupt for one second. I need to crowdsource this. Someone told me 
and I can't remember this is something I just help me verify this. I spoke to a very smart person. Maybe one of you guys was in the room when this happened, but I've heard that when everything consolidates, as it gets more consolidated, 80, 85, 90, valuations go up. So in veterinary, when it became 60, 70, 80, 90, dermatology, as it went to the upper echelon of consolidation. Supply and demand, bud. Supply and demand. Right. So is that is that something that it, you guys agree with? That the most For banana, sure. Okay. Yeah, you hear that, but there's also an inflection point where it doesn't make sense, right? We've heard of those yeah. those those scenarios in dentistry where it's like, oh, I got the 18x. That's probably not sustainable, right? We are right. not a software company with zero expenditures. We are right. heavily based in 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 expenses, provide those goods and services. So there is a limit to right. where it goes, and I don't think fifth. I don't think the 18 times earnings is is. Yeah, a, I understand. Okay, it's kind of like right now. What and just so everybody understands who's listening, like. When he says a pure supply and demand, it's not as, you know, just simply as that. Even when you get to 80% consolidation, 70%, 60%, there's going to be less of a cereal aisle of practices available to try and acquire. That's the whole point, right? So it's going right. to be, okay, it's more savory. Now, I will say that at that point in time, well, the it'll expectations either be dog are higher. Dwight, Dwight hold yes. on. I believe at that point, it will become like a third world nation, meaning there's going to be elite practices and there's going to be, there's going to be present practices. Yep. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But just like the cereal aisle, it's no different, right? Okay. That's just, you're going, you've got all these types of scenarios, but towards the end, there's going to be less and less available to buy. Mm -hmm. But I will say those practices, you have to build yourself because there's going to be more and more requirements to make yourself savory. If that's a case scenario, whether it's, how you do your accounting, whether you're accrual your cash basis, whether you actually do, you know, do you partner your doctors properly? Do you compensate them? Like all that stuff will get to that point. It, it's just going to be what's savory, but I'm with you. And that that's between now and then, and then it just becomes uh, who's available, who wants let's to sell. Ask, let's get off of this. Cause we, I feel like we've talked a lot of theory lately, in my opinion. Hold on. Can I make okay. one comment before Please. you go on? I'm not, yeah. What's interesting is an infrastructure piece that we keep talking about and I've been adamant about when I had a bank ask me, how far do you want to go? They're asking about vision because they're funding, you know, my next expansions and buildings and this and that. They asked two questions. They asked the easy one, which was what's your percentage of EBITDA, right? Uh, and then the other question- Percentage of EBITDA? Oh, okay. From your gross yeah, percentage. Yeah, okay. 25%, okay. 30%, like Got that. It. They want to know that. Yep. First of all, it tells them right off the bat what they're dealing with, what kind of doctor they're dealing with, whether they have an understanding of what EBITDA is, much less is it calculated and is knowledgeable of that. Like that's the first question. The okay. second question was how many partners have you already retired and what's your formulary? Right. And so transition. I had exactly. They want to know your longevity. And so I looked at them and I said, we've retired four partners, transition them. Um, and brought in. A, so that is the future formulary to give us kind of consistency of business, strength of business, proof of concept of longevity, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So just going back to that comment, I had to add that because I think that that's the component that we've had the luxury to get to do, but it's hard. And now that that's why there's. Do you think that if you hadn't been able to provide a good answer for the second one, that they wouldn't have given you money? I not in the not to the level of request okay. that I was asking for. Yeah, banks love to give you money when you don't need it. Well, look, banks make money one of two ways. They either do loans, and if they can't find enough loans that they can that they can warrant or good deals, then they go buy T bills. 
That's it. That's their okay. only two methods. And we know what happens when they buy too many T mills that are long term. That's right. Silicon Valley so, Bank. Um, so, anyway, thanks. We'll yeah, Dwight, that was that was actually very good. Thank you for thank you for interjecting that. Um, so, Trey, given all the things we've we've, I feel like we've talked a lot of macroeconomics. We've talked a lot of of practice stuff. We very high level stuff. Do you personally consider now a good time to expand? Yes. Interest rates being high, you're okay with that? Yes, they are. Okay. High. Do you consider now being a good time to do an acquisition potentially? Good yes. time to ask. <laughs> okay. It's appropriate. It's appropriate for me. It's a great time what to ask. Think, Trey. Do you think now is a good time to potentially do a de novo? Yes. <laughs> also okay. a good time. Do you think now is a potentially time to do all those leasehold improvements in your practice? Yes. Even though interest rates are high. Yes. So you Trey. are not you are not paralyzed by the interest rates. Why? So, well, and I'll, I'll give a uh, the story of me starting. I, I bought the first practice at five and three quarters percent. I mean, it's way higher we're, now. We're we're well, it's way higher from the standpoint right. of what you look at of of you know CPIs and this or that, but you can still get that easily from banks. Oh so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and lower. So when you look at that and you start realizing we're not, we're not, and I, I did fine there. I mean, I, it got me here. So we're high when we compare it to what we've had, which is okay. basically zero. And the other aspect, we've touched on this in the past, but this is a cash flow game. And if what your what your debt service is because of an interest rate going up, however many you know percentage points there. If that affects whether you should do something or not, you don't belong in this game. I mean, you're not you're not running it from a cash flow perspective because there's too many other too many other aspects that go into that. That's just one line item of. of okay, what, let me throw one more variable for you in. What if unemployment? You know, unemployment is going to double. Let's just say you you can crystal ball. You know, it's unemployment is going to go from three and a half percent to seven in the next twelve months. Are you still on the gas? And if so, why? Yes. If unemployment doubles, there are more people for me to hire. <laughs> oh, I see. It. Okay. All I mean, right. How does, that, how does that affect it from a gross revenue standpoint? It doesn't. It depending on what you do. So you're obviously your suite of services that you offer is going to matter. But in terms of the, you know, where there is a component of dent, of dentistry that is needed all the time. Mm -hmm. And that is what we focus on and deliver. And when that's the case, it's always there. So the need is there. Now you go fill the need. You're delivering a service that hasn't gone away because the economy is down is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, we kind of touched on this when we talked about the great financial crisis. And I and you guys were indicating how you all had increases in revenue in that standpoint. And I said, well, I went down 22%. And it was mainly predicated because I was I was ultra focused in a bad area. No, a good area, a luxury market, poor visibility, and and a very. I was I was the the scalpel, meaning I didn't do a bunch of things. I did one thing well. That was pretty much it. And so, yeah, I learned a lot of pain from that. And so, I think I like listening to where you come on this on this topic because I think it's helpful for other people to kind of hear that and hear my pain from the great financial crisis, and then also hear you saying elevating it up, and then also for facing this in the next. You know, as every great macro. You know, look on the news is saying we're going to have a, a, a hard six, the next six to 16 months to 24 months. It's going to be some pain. 
and you're saying, I don't give a shit because my systems and my ground game is good enough to, to outlast that. It's good enough to beat that. And I, I just think that's super empowering because most people I talk to, Trey, are par- even outside of dentistry, most people are paralyzed and sit, not paralyzed, but they're sitting on their freaking hands. Well, it depends on the industry too, Peter. Wait, I mean, certain people leverage money. Like that's what I just said. The, that's yeah. what I just said. Not just yeah. in dentistry. It's like people are sitting, like my other yeah. friends, a lot of people are sitting on their hands. Right. And they have to. We don't have to. I want to, I just want to ask one quick question just for like, for just for some clarification from a podcast that we all did like six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, where it was like the predictions and whether or not we're in a recession. And I know the technical definition of negative GDP growth for two consecutive quarters came up and influenced a lot of your answers. I just want to see today, do you feel like the pain at the cash registers at our practices has fully hit its peak? Or has yet to we are in you were anticipating and prognosticating that there will be a greater pain at our cash registers and upcoming. You mean of our monthly revenues, right? Saying, it, people saying it. no and not not ringing the cash registers, but sales uh, going down. Have we hit it? Are we over it? Are we through it? Is it coming? Where, where's everybody at? I think me and you didn't ask me personally. I'll, I'll go with, yeah, go with you first because I'm. Curious. I think that that's highly correlated to, and this is just again. From based on my life experience so i think it's it's i don't think we're there yet because i think it's highly tied to unemployment rate got it yeah and the stock market so that's a slightly different answer than I, maybe it was the way you asked the question originally and help me remember this guys because i almost think yep. like it was the way that maybe the question was answered like i interpret that it's, question like the recession's already here yeah, but, but, but it's, it's not, it's or not, not, is that what it's you not a, it's it's not a finger snap and it's here and then that's the consequence. It It's going to ebb and flow worse and better, worse and better until right, we're out. Tr- more troubling times are in our windshield. I don't, our know. I don't have the data to say Well, that. no, I know. I'm asking you for prognostication, a refinement of the prognostication because it was just a guest a month or two ago. And I'm just curious if you feel, I'm trying to gauge. I am planning for a little guys, bit more it's getting pain. getting worse or better. I am planning for a little bit more pain, not a tremendous amount more pain. Personally. Okay, so do you feel more optimistic or less optimistic than two months ago? Or the same? The same. Okay, Dwight, tell me. You, I want to hear. When we said, when I said that it, I felt it was relatively baked in, it's because I did not feel I was going to get a 2008 impact comparable, mm, right? right? And so my concept is that the oscillation of the economy is going to be more what we're used to feeling And I think that a lot of us who made a lot of infrastructure development during COVID and all these other things are more prepared and apt to be able to do that. And and I don't think it's going to affect that much. Do I think it's going to be more correlated to unemployment? I agree. I think that's going to be the key cog that -hmm. we're watchful of all the things I watch when I turn on the news and I'm listening to it in the car on the way to work, whatever. Like that's probably the one that I listen to the most because it makes it extrapolates dives down. But I'm not more pain at the cash register or less pain. More no, I think it's going to be consistently or? what I'm used to over the last couple of years. I don't okay. think it's going to be much Trey, Trey, you and it is, and maybe Trey, just clarify if it's because of the nature of your business that you actually don't think about stuff like this because it's so needs based. Is that that has to influence your? Yeah, from the standpoint of what I'm worried about in terms of revenues, I don't think about stuff like this. And so, is that however, to the fact that you're so non-elective in your treatment that you offer. What a great feeling for those Look listening. At him. He's you know? sitting next to a, a, a triturator. That's right. Look at this. 
I mean, he's sitting next to a wiggle bug. He's, he's doing some amalgams there, Craig. Wow. What I is think that's part of his I, I, I use a beautiful, a beautiful material called Miracle Mix. It's only like 60 years old, but it's one of the best <laughs> materials. Oh, is that the glass ionomer mixed with the oh, yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it's metal. You must have a lot of stainless steel crowns. Phenomenal. Yeah, my dad would do the thing with Vaseline inside the crown, retrofit a core. It's amazing. Yeah. My dad's a miracle mix master, yeah. an MMR. An MMM. He's an MMM. He's, he's into triple All M. Right. So, uh, Craig, keep keep going with that if you want. No, I, just, I was just curious because I felt like I, I re-listened to that podcast and I just felt like I, w- I was wondering because I value you guys' opinion and respect you guys so much and such a disparate and geographically and sector diverse like group of dentists here we are. I'm just wondering if people should be buckling down. I mean, the, the banking crisis. What's the at- downside? What's the downside to buckling down? And I'm asking not rhetorically. Well, well there's, there's two things. There's buckling down and conserving cash. And there's like being like, cause, cause Blind. in the end, if, if the, all economic cycles, if people historically d- ignored the factors, the macroeconomics, and charged forward, they'd be far wealthier than if they retreated. So everybody in the I'm face of an economic... Retreat. I'm just saying that there are cleansing processes that you go through as a business owner. For instance, right now, Craig, 12 months ago, I was not going line by line on my Amex statements, looking at everything. I am currently doing that now, right? Because I What's think driving you to do that. Be, because I think when you have high revenues and you're blowing and going, you have a tendency to get sloppier business percentage. Because has, has your net profit waned a bit over the last three months as a percentage? Um, not the net, but but no, no. But it's again preparing for battle potentially, and if I if I have the time. To prepare for battle and like you said, kind of button down, batten down the hatches. Like COVID. Like COVID was a great kind one. Of, yeah. So what he's saying is if there's, you a had revenue, more time. if there's a revenue drop, he's making sure that his net stays the same. I just think it's I think I think potential upcoming tragedies are great. If you think that's potentially coming, that is a great exercise to dial in some things that you may have gotten sloppy in. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. COVID was that for all of us when we were all talking. Yeah. Yeah. about getting extended terms and like do you really need this do you really yeah need you that? turned off a lot of software you turned you off you, you, know funny? you never turned it back on you started uh, doing a lot more remote like invisalign your 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 clear aligner uh checks were becoming more remote less frequent but you didn't go back to where they were pre-covid there's certain things we learned about so yeah i think, I think it's a ver- it's a it's incumbent upon a business owner to do all so that practically if you were buying if you were in the market like trey is potentially like if you were looking at a practice to buy and you're saying look i'm foot on the gas i got a lot of disposable cash right now I, I need and want to buy a practice i want a second location what would be some of the things that you would be looking for given the optics that you have well i mean i i would when trey was talking i was like damn i'd invest right purpose with him i'd love that the opportunity to do that you know i like where he's at you know, I think one of the major challenges for the three of us, Peter, me, and you, you Dwight, is that we can we became we built the practices around the dentistry that we like to do. Dwight's a full arch implant master, you're an AACD, you know, master this and that. And I'm, I've got my own clinical 
expertise. And we build practices that that make us personally suit our own egos. Mm-hmm. Trey was really smart to say, and maybe it's just his optics of it. He's like, I want the most replaceable thing. And I think that's really cool. It doesn't make me feel good in my ego to do that restorative mm-hmm. miracle mix stuff. It actually bothers me a bit, but from a business standpoint, man, that's bulletproof. You're not posting that on Instagram. I'm saying? not posting the miracle mix before. before that's, and not after. Dental, that's not dental. And I also don't think that then at that point, Tony's reposting his miracle mix front <laughs> teeth if I did that either. So right. I think we conflate our businesses and we as dentists like to associate the patients we treat with our own sense of purpose and fulfillment. And kudos to Trey for separating that out. Because yeah. if I invest in a fund, I want it to be a diversified fund that like sells like wheat. You want a guy wheat. who gives zero right yeah i do i do i do so (laughs) so i mean the fact that trey does that zero freaks sorry dwight zero freaks freaking freaker i just think it's really cool and i i would love to be an investor in that you know that's a sound investment Dwight. same question not what What i do though so what i would like i don't want to build another sdg right now right i know you i'm not saying another one i'm just saying hypothetically given your optics like if you were to do that dwight same question what would you focus on Given all the aforementioned we talked about, right? Interest rates, potential this, potential recession, potential this. What would you be looking at as a target of something that you would say, this is what I, this is what will perform well and what I want? So for me, my, what seems to work the best for me is comprehensive care, same, mm-hmm. high same day dentistry per- performance, general practice practices. That's mm-hmm. just the ones that to me in general, and honestly, that's what gave me stabilities, good quality hygiene programs, good quality, comprehensive care, general dentistry with same day, meaning we're taking care of you today. This is not that, and it's built in into the format and the modeling. Um, those are the practices that I tend to find other practices out there with uh, low utilization rates of their existing spaces um, mm. that, that have excess chairs or have some of those things. And honestly, when, when I get a new associate today, I give them an, you know, an extra chair besides a regular production chair. And I just open that chair up mm-hmm. to online scheduling and it fills up for same day care. And it is the method by which we're moving right along because I think and a cleanings, lot of, by the way, and same day sure. cleanings, yeah, let those associates do their own cleanings. That utilization rate gives you a lot, gives you personally a lot of data very quickly from an right. analysis perspective of acquisition, correct? Right. And so just for everybody to understand what I mean by utilization rate, I mean, we're talking about net production divided by the total number of hours of patient care. Um, so total numbers means number of chairs times number of hours that they're in operation. So you've got a total amount of patient care hours. And yes, you have to go through, calculate when you're open. So if you had eight closed. chairs, Dwight, just to break right. it down, if you had eight chairs in your operatory and you had eight hours a day, you'd have 64. available 64. Okay. Right. 64. And so divided by your collection your net production. So you can, you can do a production, net production uh, view yeah. of that and understand what they're capable of doing. Cause some of these um, have horrible AR programs, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're, they're lacking in 20, 30%. I think I can tackle that without any. Oh, so you're on. saying actually look at production, not well, I look at production for an acquisition because I tend to mm-hmm. look at these collection scenarios. They make everything look really bad and it's just because they suck at AR. See, that's um, your, that's your arbitrage. Sorry to interrupt you, but that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's where DSOs, if we're, if we're kind of landing the plane on this, they look at things just like that because they're saying, Hey, we can pay them 
only on the stuff that's landed in their bank, i.e. the collections. But we have systems in place that we feel like we can recoup some of that AR imbalance that's happening. Right. And that's if that's you a can great balance point. AR and you can utilize the space. Yeah. You yep. can get upwards of five to ten percent EBITDA higher on that acquisition the day you know day one months after you buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. Months. Yeah. But right. it did a very quick fix. You're right. Without changing much of anything, right? And without paying for that otherwise. So even utilization rate, like if it's there's a lot of practices out there. So let's say you're high end, um, small boutique, or you know those types of things. You might have a three hundred dollar utilization rate per chair per hour, right? <laughs> Um, but for the ones that I'm looking to acquire, I like that 125 to 175, which means they overbuilt out chairs because yep. a Patterson rep oversold them, which is, yep. you know, 80% of this situation. And then you have the other case scenario where you have individuals who don't know how to do same day, don't know how to master the marketing components or online scheduling, all these other components. So it's a pretty easy flip. But I note 125 to 175 because I can I know I can easily get them over 200. 200, right. But the question Except. there is, is I don't want something that's under 125 because that's a doctor quality of care limitation. Uh, the team's inability to do it. I'm going to replace the whole team. Oh, it's not better. <laughs> it, yes, it's not. Um, it's not just a bad location, wrong side, you know, all <laughs> these other things. And you've got to be honest with yourself. So focus that avatar and that structure. Wait, so one more question for you on this, on this yeah. thing. This is good. This is helpful. What do you, what do you feel like would be the Goldilocks rep, um, utilization? Rep no, no, not Goldilocks utilization rate. I'm saying like, what's too small of a practice to acquire? What's too big, right? Or and what is like kind of a? Ooh, I like that one. Mm -hmm. I don't look at anything under six hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Um, and that's small. It's really small. But what chairs? What about minimum chairs? Because that would be the thing that I'd be most interested in. So my my goal on an acquisition is usually six to ten chairs. That's what right. I was thinking. Eight to um, ten. Anything beyond ten uh, takes. This is what what I often find is somebody has a more than ten chair practice, and they build all their systems to accommodate that one central like stadium of mm. dentistry takes a lot of work, right? Craig, you know what that's like. I know what that's like, like, but the model is totally different in the second office. If it's six to 10 chairs, very, very different because the way you utilize people, the pace at which how tight everything is, is very, very different. So it's a completely mm -hmm. different model. The second you jump out of that. So if I see something that's above 10 chairs, I get a little worried, um, mm. what, how scalable that might be. And it has to turn in at that point in time. If I see something like that and acquisition is possible, I'd have to have it centralized to other locations I might purchase. And then I'd make that a specialty hub. Very right? good. Angel. The That's way that we good. do it now. So basically you're saying six to 10 is the Goldilocks in terms of operatories above and then, 650 and then above 650. Yeah. And can, can I ask you don't, another question? Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. No, it's, please. No, no, no. I, 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 I just got a, I got a quick thought, but please. So goal is 650. Keep going. I wanted to finish. No, north of 650K, you yeah. don't really care what profitability is per se. You don't necessarily care how the the accounts receivable, what that looks like, because you feel like that can be remedied. Um, and like I said, that's kind of your arbitrage, your personal arbitrage from Dwight's ecosystem to say, hey, I've, I've got the operations to fix that pretty quickly. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm trying to, I'm taking yeah, kind I think of this is great. 
Yeah, I know. this is very valuable. Because I, I really, I actually really align with Dwight. I think Dwight, if I, if I could have run dentistry in reverse, meaning being, being a 50 year older and gone backwards in dentistry and done it, that makes any sense. I would have done, I would have done 10 operatory practices times X number of locations. Right. The only, um, the scratch up buildings that I build now are 10 ops. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's very, very, very fast. No so, more, no less. Just lock it in. And yeah. Go. So I, I love that you're. I'm. All, of course, you know me. I'm gonna throw in the other axis to this graph of what makes you happy too. You know, and you know that's. I'm obliged to do that as the kind of <laughs> resident uh, culture fulfillment guy. I mean, 10, 10, 10 operatory practices wouldn't suit me. If I could have done everything differently, I would have built my building larger and had a bunch of symbiotic businesses here. Yeah. I would have had like the yoga studio and the juice bar and I would have made a shopping mall out of it. You're so a little bit of a unicorn, Bob. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying right. it, whatever suits you. But but what, yeah. one question that inspired that you, your conversation, I was listening it, to it and inspired me to ask is what is your sweet spot for number of operatories per doctor in your space? So, you know, I find, you know, I've had so many associates and so many different doctors with the unique opportunity to see how they thrive. And there there are people that can take more operatories and be not as effective. I, when I was doing my clinical dentistry, I was a one operatory guy, one patient at a time. Same. Peter, two. Um, Dwight, two operatories. Is that because you have... Trey, what about your apex of like business, busyness? What were you? It would, it would appall you. What? Three to four, yeah, like six. Yeah. So one, I checked all hygiene, so that's six, five, really five at the time, and I had no. About how many? No, 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 no. Absent of hygiene. Of. Absent of hygiene, we like had no. Well, I columns? might have seven patients at eight. No, 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 no. All Let in my. Phrase the question: How many? How for you to go through dentistry the way you were at the apex doing it? How many operatories did you need? Full. Uh, well, and that's how I did it. So I had to have seven, eight operatories to, to do what I was doing. You're not, he, he but I wasn't, we're going to skip Dwight. I mean, Dwight, Trey. No. So, and here's what I'll say. <laughs> the reason is, is cause you're not, you don't, y'all are working out of columns. We did not work out of columns. So I get it. I understand it. But I worked, we worked from colors. I would go to any operatory at any given time. Jesus, are you serious? If no. you saw what we did, I you would saw, have a heart attack. Yeah. Not, not what we do now. What we do now oh, is man, totally organized. Oh, totally man. Man. So here's the question. I'm going to bring this together. So, Trey. But that's right my now, apex. Yeah, I've right now you're past that. And right now your associate is usually given they two go operators. two. They two. go two. That's yeah. the way to answer the yeah. question. So then so then help me out here. Is it because this is the, there's a lot of there's a lot of details in this response that I think need to be fleshed yeah, out good. because it's probably not two operatories, Dwight, if you really think about it. It's probably like 1.5 yeah. because what I'm trying to say is five doctors, do they really need 10 or is it eight? Is it that they need 1.6 operatories or you really need two per doctor? Look, I, and, I agree where you're going, Craig. I think one doctor needs two. I think two doctors needs Three you know, you five. probably get by with three, three, right? Three or doctors, three need doctors five. need five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. Dwight, do you, so in your, in your ideal model, this 10 operatory practice that you refined, how many doctors, how many hygiene? I want to know mm, that. What, what's question. that ideal? Uh, six operatories for doctors, four hygiene. Every doctor has okay, two so, chairs. So four hygiene and, and I would have done the same. Wait, four hygiene. 
Six six operatories for three doctors. Six doctors. Every doctor has two chairs. Any surgical? Wait, no, no, no. You mean three three doctors, two chairs? Because you're talking six six operatory six operatory ops, right? For and then four hygiene operatories. And how many doctors? Three. Yeah, that's what I just said. Okay, so four hygienists and three doctors. Hmm. Yeah, be nicer. I think even to have six hygiene and three doctors because so we we always leave the with the with the expectation here's the flex on that with the expectation that we feel that eventually as the practice is comprehensive and really builds a, a practice pool of active patients we will end up with and yes you're getting to this five hygiene and five doctors that end up using the same day suites See what I'm saying? Because we almost no, always have to no, end up flexing because no. we end up there, but not at the start. Wait, right? wait. So you're saying you eventually the doctors will shrink to just use one column per? Yeah, because they want to do more fruitfulness dollar per hour. But Dwight, okay. is that because you're so ultra focused on the utilization rate, right? The quickest way to increase utilization is to have someone stay in that operatory all day long. Uh, the utilization for us, the reason is we build extra operatories is because we make a lot of same day availability. So that chair may not be booked and it's online scheduled. So it's set aside, but we do expect our hygiene to outgrow four. When you got three doctors, I expect it to outgrow four. There's no doubt about that. So I know that at some point in time, and then at that point in time, you realize, Hey, it's just been a luxury for three doctors to have six operatories. They'll probably end up with five operatories and five hygiene. Yeah. Interesting. So would when you build it from the two to kind of the 1.6? 1. When that IG number is north of the doctor number, the practice is poised to grow. Yeah. I think. And well, yes. And, but the problem becomes is who can check all that hygiene, right? So you can't, can't get to the It's point funny because it, depending on the practice, like I've worked with mastermind clients, I think like Matt, um, Matt told me no name, no last names, but he told me that in his own practice, the doctors are complaining of how many periodic exams they get. Like, oh, you know, Dr. Jones got five this week and I only get three. In our practice, in my practice, it's like, man, I text so many damn patients. It's like an onus of responsibility. The, the new patient right. is always so sexy. The periodic exam is not sexy, but in actuality, we all know the acceptance rate of that periodic exam is through the roof. Of course. You know, yeah. but we avoid them, which is funny. We avoid well, those. I think it's a, it's a very simple and practical format to say you got those 10 practice, 10 ops and stick with the six to four and play along with the understanding that I do think that the future of dentistry is, is who can get me in right here right now. And leaving those chairs open to me is, is here's the thing we do. 25 is the lowest percentage I have seen of our daily production in same day dentistry. 25% of every single day's production comes from is attributed day. to is attributed to same day dentistry. I would, so I for would us, agree. it's not abnormal that we have a brand that people walk in and say, I want to get treated today. We have patients who walk into the front desk and say, I haven't eaten today. Can I get my wisdom teeth out and sedate me? And that what? is incredibly common. I did two of those cases this week. So once your brand becomes the same day, same day push. Someone just woke up wanting to have the, hey, you know what I'm going to do? No, they just walk by and like, hey, 
that it's pretty it's relatively common they're like hey let's see if we can get well, it Dwight's done. also got a digital sign out that he could change like walk-in wisdoms today walk-in walk-ins accepted for whizzies walk-ins so exactly on, on the floor don't get you want your floor on the floor chick-fil-a hey. wisdom teeth chick-fil-a uh, wisdom yeah. I, honestly if you've got no, the infrastructure great. it is that easy it's I very will, mindless work really i will make is. the comment towards that of i believe that the the accelerated growth that is sustainable the long term happens because of that ability to do that same day same day growth that's what we do yeah you need to do yeah, it when you're fully today. fully booked out for weeks and no opportunities in hygiene or general in your in your schedule restorative schedule you got a problem it's time Huge to add problem. operatories or doctors and or, or, I think that has done nothing but, but move upwards in the direction of, you know, people even now, younger people are even more driven to want convenience, Absolutely. in which case same day is now it, it's, it's giving, and there's a lot of ways to define convenience, but really getting them in right now is, is the, I, I believe that is the end all be all of convenience in which case ask, get, ask get it over with. Yeah. Ask your walk-ins. When was the last time you got care? Well, I had this other tooth that hurt me. So I went, okay, where'd you go? I went here. Oh, what about the time before? What'd you do? Oh, I went over there. Okay. Well, what was the reason why you went to three different dentists for the last three dental appointments? Oh, they could get me in right away. Okay. That is yeah, the generation we're working that. with. And that is the future of dentistry. If you can't accommodate that. I think you're going to, you're going to struggle. And that's what DSOs are focused on. Consistent. But, uh, I'll, I'll make the comment about new patients. I don't have to pay attention to anything but a trend of new patients. And when I know that hygiene is a big issue is when the new patients, which happens literally in one month, plummets. The first yeah. thing you go to is, oh, shit, how far out are we booked? Sure. Now everyone calls and you may still yeah. get phone calls, but now they go, oh, you can get me and win. Thank you. I'll call someone else. So Trey, know, that's the that's the problem. People are working the advertising that. spend and they don't have places to put them. So they're actually spending money to piss people off. Right. Come see us. Yeah, this, I'll see you in three months. Good, we may have to say this, This Trey, you opened up a can of worms. Um, <laughs> Go back to purchasing. Go back to purchasing. <laughs> if, That's a good, that, that is that is a can of worms, but it's a, it's a okay, so new patient plummet. You, at, let me, so Trey, your mind goes to what? New patients plummet, I immediately go look at my hygiene and how booked out it is. So you're immediately going to, oh my gosh, we just don't have the places to put people. Correct. Okay. Dwight, Remember Olga? Same, same thing question, in the mastermind. She wanted to spend more marketing. Too same much capacity, question. not enough people on the phone. Dwight, what, is, what do you, where does your head go? Uh, we're, not, we're too much capacity problems in that location, and we can't even answer the phone fast enough. So okay. that's our big so problem. It's not, right in, it's not in, <laughs> this is fascinating. So for, for you two, it's not inbound demand that you feel like is potentially suffering. Your head goes to an operational thing. Absolutely. Because it always you, is. You, when I say, man, your new patients have plummeted, where do you, where does your head go? Yeah, mine goes to capacity. You know, I just look at that. Wow. That's all it is. Mine goes directly to analyzing my marketing. Well, I mean, it's one factor, but well, if you can't I, I get take somebody in. No, no, two factors marketing and then convert phone con phone or digital conversion right how are we answering calls how are we converting people so it's those two things it's not a capacity thing do we have this i don't i don't ever go to do we have the space to put them i just go to marketing and how are we converting on the phones 
It's it's always isn't that crazy. And that yeah, isn't that a really conversion cool. is also calls you receive. <laughs> if you yeah, go or calls you we missed, right? Or calls we missed. What that's what I'm saying. The biggie is the missed calls. And for us, we will get you know, we have a weekly meeting in marketing, and the first thing we actually spend our time talking about is phones. What's going on at this location and why is there consistency like we reach a certain cap on what we can handle in a given month and it happens earlier and earlier in the month there's only so much you can do why because people are looking for care now they're not looking they're like oh great you can get me in next month it is our constant struggle and it is location by location which is also why just to bring your comment back pete is that information is critical to know how you manage your branding and your marketing per locations meaning if you're just branding on facebook but not specific to locations if you're not just branding on you know your digital media and you're making these pushes but it's not specific to the locations of the patients that influence those then you'll shut something down because you got a capacity issue at one location and it affects all of them which is the wrong way to do it i I completely agree with that dwight all right i think uh, look i I wanted to keep this this tempo fast and furious there's a bunch of other things that i wanted to get to for you guys um, and we'll save them for future, but I will just tease everybody with, I want to talk about how to utilize, and this can be a total tangent, how to utilize Google alerts to your advantage um, from a compete from a competition and, and reputational awareness if people aren't using Google alerts like that. Also wanted to talk about um, AI things that I've learned recently post our first talk and how I'm actually implementing that into business operations, not as just a, oh, look how cool it is, shit that I'm actually doing and actually software that I'm actually using now that goes back to the question I just asked, which is about phone call conversions. Um, so there's some cool advancements that are happening in dentistry, not just from a diagnostics, like we like we all anticipated would happen. And I want to talk about that. And then the last thing I want to do, I do talk about is I think it would be interesting to talk about the Balaji bet of one million dollars and an operation choke point that's happening in the banking industry. Um, are, are you guys familiar with that? Super interesting stuff. Are you talking yeah. about t- for next time or now? No, 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 no. Next time, I, I think oh, yeah. we're we're right at an hour. But I'm saying these. I'm I'm basically Craig. I'm throwing out a teaser oh, yeah, for, yeah, for things sure. that we'll be talking about next time because I think speaking of, speaking of teasers, by the way, Peter, that tease summit me. is filling up very fast, and very I don't fast. want the normal texts and things like, "Oh man, the hotel's book is yeah." Let me let me in, like please, like there's a ten time guarantee, ten times guarantee. Like, so, you know what the coolest thing is? That's crazy. Is that people are booking. 15 and 20 tickets at a time right because of that promotion schedule Dwight, you know that we did that right what we wanted to happen move the freaking needle i bring in people to vegas you know send your team and you can blow it all yeah you don't even need to come i think it's worth it like (laughs) that is phenomenal you're the least important person that would be your team you'll still do well (laughs) you gamble they learn but you right. know what's funny about that? And then if get you're the good entrepreneur, the way, that's exactly will... the way it should be. If someone told me that, I'd be like, that is the most magical thing you've ever said. Don't yeah. I don't need to come, but my team goes and I get to move the needle. Like that's well, I think amazing. it's for optics. I do think I'm it's kidding. a good idea that you show up, but you could literally not pay attention and send your team to every part of it, the hygiene to the hygiene girls and the team to Erica and all that and, and be around. Of course. And, I, and then get out of their way and let them execute. You'll make a lot of money. I mean, it's just there's so much fear as a business owner. We're all scared shitless. We we're talking about 
about that with Randy the other day. I talked about Paul Etchinson when he sold to a DSO. He's like, it's not the DSO that helped me. It's my leadership style. If you're panicked and you're on people and you're riding them, you destroy their ability to help you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm being serious. Bring your entire freaking team. And if it doesn't pan out to be the investment you thought, there's a guarantee. Like, hello, there's no downside. Worst case scenario, you entertained your team. It's better than the cruise to go on. Or not just entertain your team, but like we, as we talk about, and Dwight's going to push back on this because this may not be considered culture, but doing things like this is part of culture for your teams, right? Investing in them is the thing that you can promote to future people who are trying to apply for your company. This is, this is a segment of that culture. And your team feels that when you invest in them. So anyone looking to amp their culture, think about all the great pictures you'd have right at the team, learning together, sitting there in Vegas, creating FOMO in the community of of people who don't work at Please stop being so scared that when you invest in your team, they're going to leave. Grow up as a business owner. Hey, who says that? Grow up as a business owner. Like I hear this all the time. Oh, why would I, what, uh, what if they leave? I'm like, you know what? A doctor reached out to me the no. other day and says, why do you promote your associates on your Instagram page? I go, well, why wouldn't I? Well, if you promote them, you're just going to make their head swell and they'll leave. I'm like, oh, okay. Like they, they got mad at me because if like one of my doctors posts like an amazing case, I want to highlight them. The most important thing that I ever did was start investing my people. And yes, some people left, some people stayed, but we New are now came. known as the place that invests in their people. And it what attracts the legacy. kind of people that I want in my business. What a great legacy. You yeah. should always the be known bite, that. Yeah, the soundbite that we use that I think is good for people to hear and, and push towards, which is exactly what Dwight said, is I would love for your career to be within these four walls or however many walls at this point. However, if it is not, we fully understand. Let us know what your goals are. We'll help you get there. And I want you to actually view your time here as a, as a phenomenal stepping stone to get where you want to be. A Richard, a Richard Branson quote like that, train people well enough so that they can leave, treat them well enough so they don't want to. Yeah, that's a great quote. That's a scarcity mindset that people have though. And it's, but it, I get it's that question though, depending on who you're hanging out with, if all your friends yeah. are saying that shit to you, believe me, you'll start thinking that. Sure. That sure. That's your five, you know, five right. close. I circle. can't tell you how many times someone has told me the flip side of that is like, Oh, I don't know about this person. I'm not sure if they're going to last. Then you yeah, invest in them and they're there forever. Yeah. Why? Because they love that you put time into them. Part of the reason why they're willing to leave is because you're not investing in them. Right. So I had, I had, I, I made a list of stressors right before COVID, by the way, guys. And one of my stressors was to fire this person that's in my organization today. This person is amazing now. They were in the wrong seat on the right bus i had them doing something that they hated doing and i got so mad at them and can't you just do this and they never did it and i'm like i gotta fire this person COVID happened their job position changed they're freaking indispensable yeah. and by the way if you treat them that way if you say i'm not investing in this person you're gonna make them worse okay. so when you when yeah. you think people can't do what they can you make them worse when you believe in people you help them become what they can be so you have to be as a leader of your organization the person that steps ahead and believes in someone, gives them a little bit of lift under their wings. That's what sure. you need. That's what people need. I, I'm so, going to get an update from Lacey on. I think that the biggest thing, the urgency for the uh, the summit is is the amazing room block that we yeah, got. Yeah, that's true. Lost. 200 and something. I'm going to get an update from Lacey on how many are left. I it might be sold out at this point, but um, I don't think so. 
That's no? not yet the room block, but that crushes you at that point. You got to fit, you got to get that before the room block. Cause that room is like $800 and it's like $200 at the summit. Don't quote me on the exact <laughs> numbers, but it's awesome. Well, yeah, basically, yeah. Never, like never get the numbers. Or, you know, sending three Way to four people story. versus sending one. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, send, send your team. That's uh, mm. Dwight. I know you always have, even before yeah. we were uh, connected, you were sending your team and lit them up and what a, what a treat, what a benefit for them. And you don't just have to send them on some entertaining thing. You can actually entertain and educate. I'm yeah. a Dwight, I, I want to give Dwight, uh, Craig, I want to give Dwight some, uh, some kudos. I, I think we, we were actually just talking the other day, Craig and I, of how proud we are of just, you've made such massive advancements in such a short amount of time. Hey, I have a video of you like, you know, when you were kind of breaking ground being like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but a lot of this was because of y'all's help and whatever. And like, you're just like, you're just blowing and going and, 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 uh, really that just is cool. really to make, it, know to that, make that, that ironic. I, we are struggling to move around the construction opening of another 10,000 square foot building because y'all summit is right on top of what we're opening. It. Oh my God. So it's like, you know, it's kind of a, you, yeah. If you talk about full circle, that's the reality of it. So yeah, now look at you leaning back in, you know, even through the, doing this pod, you know, and, and our mastermind leaning into others and kind of paying it forward because you've just, you've made such massive advancements, man. Just really proud of you. Appreciate it. It's been good yeah. stuff. Sweet, guys. Well, thanks for the time. All right, besties. Besties. Happy, happy to be back on yeah. the pod with you guys. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Wait till you hear that new <laughs> intro music. You're going to love it. Yeah. It is fire. The new intro is fire. Craig has worked yeah. his butt off. Well, we just we keep hearing about it, though. I know. Yeah, I know. Like constant, like, it's like, roll coaching. it out. Never know. I'm a, I got to make it perfect. It's got to be perfect. We'll see you next year.